Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father. None of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbot. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Oh, yellow. And we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. So welcome to the show. Uh, if you're new to the show, you can find us on the Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, as I've been kind of explaining the last few episodes and I guess I'll continue to do so cause I don't know, it's probably mostly new listeners, right? Um, we are a new show. This is our first year recording the podcast and, um, so we're kind of just getting things started here, but, uh, we've all been playing fantasy football for a very long time and probably about 40 years combined between the three of us. So. Uh, we hope to bring you that knowledge and experience. Yep, and I'll say it again. <laughs> like I said last week, um, we do not just like go off of other people's rankings and things like that. That's why all of us kind of gravitated towards each other and started this podcast is because we all like how we approach the game and how we decipher things and how we come up with our own predictions and thoughts, things like that. And we're fucking dominant in fantasy <laughs> football. <laughs> um but this week we are today we have a matchup episode for you and um, throughout this whole season we've just been doing waiver wire shows on Tuesdays and matchup episodes on either Thursday or Friday so uh, that's what we're going to continue to do throughout the season and then probably do some like dynasty stuff throughout the off season um, content such as that um, so keep an eye out for that and let's get right into the matchups. Just real quick, before we go to the matchups, I want to give a shout out to the uh, checkout lady who told who told me that she was going to go home and listen to our podcast when oh, she got yeah. for it. Hey, what store? Uh, oh, she went checkout lady at Rosars. Rosars, dude, I love that place. Yeah, don't go with the location though. Shout out to her. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep her a little private, you know. Take care of her privacy. Well, we thank you, Miss, and you, you do an honorable job. I've done that job before, and it can be a pain in the ass, so we thank you. Oh, yeah. I have also worked in a grocery store, thanks to uh, Jimbo here. He got me the job there. Have you worked in a grocery You're store, I know. Okay, so I you wouldn't know. So we so both, you me, know. me and Jim both appreciate you, Rose yeah. Hours Lady. It's hard work, and you don't get appreciated, so now I'm appreciating you. Thank uh, you. I'm appreciating you also. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> I'm getting the matchups. Uh, buys this week, Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee. So another kind of killer bye week. Um, some, some play is out for sure. Um, but not as back bad as what week was that? I feel like they're all blending like together like, at this point. It was like week like five, I think five the or six. apocalypse. Yeah. It was really early in the bye week. Yeah. It was like the first bye week week or whatever, but past the past, man. Wait a second. Past the past. We're moving on to the. To the present and the future. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Bucks are 11-point favorites, and the over-under is 50.5 points. So um, Antonio Brown was suspended today um, for the next three games for violating NFLPA COVID-19 protocols with the use of misrepresented documents. Um, so that means his earliest return would be week 16, and I believe it didn't really matter because wasn't he going to miss at least another two weeks with an injury anyway? 
Yeah, they they said the earliest because of his ankle injury was gonna be week fifteen. So I mean, it, this literally means nothing. Yeah. So the earliest you'd be able to start him is the semifinals. Um. So I mean, if if you're a contender and you think you can get there, you know, the earliest you could play him is the game going to get to the championship. Would you hold him on your roster if you, you're a contender? You have to. I think that puts you in a tough spot, though, because obviously we we know the receiving core, you know, those the three-headed monster, right? But with him being out for the next couple of weeks, that looks great for people trying to make a playoff push like me. And I got Chris Godwin. I'm super stoked on this. So, I mean, if you got Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, things are like, hopefully things are looking good for people trying to make that playoff push. Yeah, I mean, Godwin owners have to love it because, like, Godwin's having a subpar year with Antonio Brown playing this whole season. Um, now, I mean, Antonio Brown, like, you're going to keep on your, on your bench? Yeah, probably. I mean, why would you drop him? for some, There's probably not a better option to, in terms of, like, uh, just a filling in the space. In terms of starting him in the semifinals, though, in his first game back after missing now what's going to be six weeks. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, we'll, we'll get across that bridge when we come to it, but, like, just looking forward, like that's not a move I would feel very, you know, good doing. Yeah, looking forward uh, on the schedule, they play Carolina week sixteen, and then they play the Jets week seventeen championship week. So for me, for that matchup alone, like the Jets, I think I'd hold on to them. Obviously, um, let me throw this in there though. With a healthy Gronkowski, do you still think he's valuable? I don't think he is. Um, I think he can be. I mean, week one, we saw him and Gronk both eat in the same game. Um, but from then on out, not really. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they both, that's the thing with this offense is like, there's three receivers that could go off any game and there's Gronk when he's healthy. Um, so you're definitely taking a shot, but I think for the week 17 matchup alone, he's worth holding on to because you don't have to play him in week 16, right? But if he has a decent game and he's involved, that can give you confidence for week 17. Um, but obviously it's still a risky play, but who knows what's going to happen with your team. Um, other Buccaneers, though, for this week, you're starting, obviously, Chris Godwin, great start. Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Mr. Four Touchdown Fournette. Um and Tom Brady, if you have him, um, all solid starts, and then Cordell Patterson on the other side is probably the only player I'm starting. Uh, well, Kyle Pitts obviously, but even that is like getting kind of sketchy at this point. Uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts. I mean, we saw like he had a few, you know three or four week span there where he started like okay, this is the guy we thought that you know they drafted. And then since then, yeah, hasn't been great. Uh, he's only posted five point two points per game over the last five weeks. He actually only has two double digit fantasy uh games all year. So like that was in that little you know three week stretch, like I said. And since then, he's done basically nothing. Now to sh- also show you how awful the tight end position is, even with those only couple of really good games, he's still like tight end eight on the year. Right. <laughs> so it means you probably have to roll with him, but I mean, ugh. Yeah. Let's say uh, you picked up Foster Moreau. Would you be willing to start Foster Moreau this week over Kyle Pitts? He's the big talk of the of the week. Yeah, definitely. I I was just going to say like uh quickly but I was just going to go back 
Gronkowski definitely start him. We didn't bring him up. You have to start him for uh, sure yeah. every time he's in. I feel like, um, but uh, Kyle Pitts he's ranked that high because of his big games. I I personally guys like that. I've talked about this before. Right? Those guys will lose you games. They'll lose you leagues like inconsistent guys like that. I, I'll take the guys getting nine ten points, even like you know between eight and ten points every game over over Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and you know I think it's more so the offense as an overall than than Kyle Pitts as like a player. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a is a really good player. I just think this offense is terrible, and um, for me that's why I hesitate to start any like Russell Gage. You can think about as well, but that's like deep deep flex, um, and I wouldn't feel confident about it at all. So Cordell Patterson's the only person I would say start, and I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Um, Kyle Pitts, if you have to. Definitely. Cardinals at the Bears. The Cardinals are eight-point favorites. The over-under is 45.5 points. Um, Kyler Murray uh, practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, which is a good sign that he'll play Sunday after missing the last three games with that ankle injury. Um, uh, But Cliff Kingsbury, the old Kingsbury, is proceeding with caution so far saying that Murray's game status will depend on how the rest of the week goes. Um, it's also a similar situation for DeAndre Hopkins, who's practice limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, how do you guys feel about the Cardinals side of the ball? you think both of those guys will play? Oh, gosh, I honestly do not know. But if Kyler Murray does play, I'm not confident about him. I have him on two rosters, and I'm just not even thinking about starting him. Both teams, I have Derek Carr starting over him because I picked him off off the waiver wire, which you probably can too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just um, with him being injured, it's just you gotta wait till he's fully healthy again. He has yeah. not been great with this like lingering injury. Yeah, I mean, not to mention obviously with him missing time, but the three weeks before he actually missed games, he was only QB number fourteen in those in that three week span, which is not good. So he was already struggling leading into up to the injury. First came back, I'm definitely hesitant to play him. Yeah, it it get, it's a little sketchy for sure. Um, you know, potential there for obviously a QB one overall week, any week that he's healthy and playing at full strength. But coming off the injury, it is a little sketchy. So, you know, I would I would probably start Derek Carr over him this week for sure too. But but if Kyler Murray gets a full practice in on Friday, um, then I'm leaning back towards playing Kyler Murray. Um. DeAndre Hopkins, probably the same situation there. Um, if Kyler Murray's back, are you taking a shot on any of the other receivers for Arizona? Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. Who, Rondell Moore had 11 targets in week 11 before their bye week. Or if, A.J. Green. If Hopkins is, plays, then the only other person that I'm willing to like bet on is A.J. Green because they were the clear one-two um, up to that point. Um, if Hopkins is out, I think you're fine actually playing all three of them, uh, Green, Moore, and Kirk. On the same team? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you don't have all those guys on one team. Yeah. I'm a little iffy on him, but uh, Kirk is really promising in the way that he uh, has like the highest catch rate, I believe, in the league right now besides Cooper Cup. Oh, no, he has the highest catch rate in the league, actually. It's only eighty percent higher than Cooper Cup. I was watching something earlier, and they were talking about that. Well, so um, he's also getting less targets, but 
He's getting less <laughs> targets, but you know how it's up and down with this offense. Yeah. So um, I, I like him more than Rondell Moore just because he's he's more consistent. Yeah, for sure. And and when Rondell got those eleven targets, it's it was Colt McCoy throwing the ball. So um, it's it's sketchy um, to say the least. Um, but you're playing Hopkins if he plays, um, and if he doesn't play, I kind of like Tyler's idea of taking a shot on AJ Green or probably ending the line there. Um, on the other side of the ball, Justin Fields, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday after missing last week with the cracked ribs. So status for Sunday is still uncertain. Um, Allen Robinson also did not practice Wednesday. Did he practice Thursday? I was literally trying to look that up. Right now. Um, yeah. Your mic fell out or something. Uh, yeah, I know I can hear like the echo. Uh, that was weird. Uh, Sorry about the. Uh, I was like, is that my headphones? Yeah, the, the big bumps okay. and. Allen Robinson there. did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, um, which you wouldn't be starting him either way. But I think that does impact if you'd start Darnell Mooney or not. Even though Darnell Mooney over the last three weeks has been on fire, he's been really good. Um, he's the wide receiver thirteen through the last three weeks, so. Are you starting Darnell Mooney again against Arizona? I think you have to. Uh, same with him and Cole Komet. They're the only two proven options. Yeah. I think for me, the status of the quarterback really – if they try to throw Justin Fields in there coming off the cracked ribs, I think I'm hesitant to start anyone. Um. Yeah, I have to. I have kind of the same sentiment. Like that, it's worrisome. I mean, two of the games that Mooney went off on was with Field Red out. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's super dicey. Um, I don't know. I would if if Fields there, I'm going with Montgomery, and that's it. Yeah. Obviously, Montgomery is probably the only solid start. Darnell Mooney. I mean, you could flex if he's your best option. Um, and I, you know, I would feel more comfortable playing him if Andy Dalton is the quarterback, um, at this point. Um, and same with Cole Komet too. Um, but Arizona is the 10th best league against wide receivers and have a solid pass rush. Um, in Chicago is giving up the most sacks in the league, allowing pressures on 46% of dropbacks. So that's something I honestly thought that was like wrong when I read that. <laughs> yeah, that's I was like half the snaps are getting pre- they're allowing pressure like that seems insane. I literally had I checked multiple sites to make sure that was accurate. Yep, and that's, you know, not going to help you in the passing game. So definitely some worry there. I definitely want to be forcing Darnell into my lineups just because he's had a few good weeks. Um you know, I'd be hesitant there. Um Here, let me throw it out there then. Um if uh, Red Rifle plays. If he plays and it's the quarterback, would you start Darnell Mooney or Mike Williams? Oh man, ah man, these are, <laughs> these are two kids. I don't want to take on my fishing trip at all. For me, which little badass kid do I want? For me, I'm going to say because I think Herbert has a a big week this week. I'm going to say Mike Williams, but I'm not. I mean, that's tough. Mike Williams. They're playing the Bengals, right? Chargers yeah. are? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Mike Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on. The Chargers, speaking of, 
Uh, wow. Nice segue, Tyler. That sounds done, dude. You're our you're true pro. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are three-point favorites. That kind of surprises me a little bit, but over-under is 15 and a half. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... I'd, I think it's only because it's in Cincinnati. Maybe like it was a one-point spread, yeah. If it was in LA, I could see the it being completely reversed. So I think it's only because they're in Cincinnati. Right. Well, well, either way, highest-scoring game, there's only... This is the highest scoring over under of the week, tied with um, the Buccaneers Tampa. game. I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Buccaneers. Yeah, so points expected to be scored here. Um, and we were just talking about it before we started recording. We don't feel like Keenan Allen's really been talked about enough this year. Uh, but you know, on the year he's ranked ninth in full PPR, fifteen in half PPR, um, and has double digit scores in all but two games this year. So he's done this his whole career. I mean, usually scoring more touchdowns though, and that's been the only issue. Um, but Keenan Allen's been absolutely solid. He'll probably continue to be solid this week, and ho- who knows? Hopefully, he gets into the end zone. Yeah, I remember when uh, I can't remember who drafted him in our draft. Um, but I remember immediately like looking at him, like, "Hey, congratulations! You got ninety yards and or ninety catches and eleven hundred yards. Like, guaranteed. That's just yeah. what he does. Like year year out. It's crazy." Yeah, and I'm going to bring this up now just in case you don't make it all the way to the end of the show where we do our starts of the week. But uh, Keenan Allen, he's tied for seventh in the league for red zone targets with Mike Evans and guess who else? Mike Williams. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, Keenan Allen has a red zone reception percentage of 66.7 while Mike Williams is only 40%. Um, So I thought that was a little interesting. You want to know how my fantasy brain works? You told that cool stat about you know the red zone targets for the Chargers mostly, and um, me being like a tight end defense just weirdo. I'm just like, and that's why Jared Cook hasn't been getting. <laughs> God damn it, that explains it. No, He's it's one of the best red zone guys, but anyways, and they play six tight ends, so um, it makes it more difficult. But yeah, Keenan Allen, solid start. You know, just because he's not having the big splash games, those hopefully will come towards the end of the season here. Um, Mike Williams, though, we're playing him over Darnell Mooney, apparently. Tyler, are you? Did you ever answer that question? Uh, no, you guys just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you got away with it. Um, and honestly, the reason I asked because that was actually a, something I had to deal with in my lineup this week. Uh, with Cooper not playing, Kamar goes out. So I'm, I'm trying to fit, figure out who was going to go on my flex, and it was between those two guys. And right now, mm, I have. I should have w- said Darnell. <laughs> because <laughs> I think you're playing me in that league. Right? Yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. And I am going with Mike Williams right now. I don't know if that could change. Um, yeah. If, you know, if Andy Dalton ends up being named the starter, I might change it. But it it, it was tough. Like, I, like it, it, I didn't like having to make that decision. I just looked very quickly, but um, we're basically in consensus that Keenan, Keenan Allen is going to have a pretty good game, right? So the Bengals all year um, have been pretty decent against receivers, and when they have given up points, they've only given it up to one receiver, N- never two double-digit receivers. Interesting. I'm also looking at something that, d- that does not put in points per perce- points per reception. So there might be a couple guys that snuck oh. in at ten points, but it's not nothing major. Huh. Um. Well, what about on the other side of the ball? Because uh, I think there's questions to be had in the receiving corpse there. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, is a solid streaming option. 
uh, startable this week, given the high over under. Um, Joe Mixon, obviously, you're starting. But Jamar Chase, probably have to start, right? Um, T. Higgins, that's where things get interesting. Like T. Higgins or Tyler and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins finally had a big game last week, got into the end zone. That's the issue um, with him. So do you do you chase those points? Because the week before that against the Raiders, he had two and a half points. I mean, I'll be honest. In my mind, um, well, first of all, Joe Burrow, I think, is a very good start this week. And um, out of those three receivers between uh, Chase, Boyd, and Higgins, I, I think every single week, two of them, two out of the three, they're guaranteed to be, you know, obviously like top 30 receivers, maybe uh, top 20, I guess you could say. But top 30, I guess, is better. But every week, yeah, one of them is going to be missing out. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Jamar Chase usually hasn't been that guy. But right. he, he's he might become that dude. I don't know, it's becoming more unpredictable. So I'm I'm just saying that I'm um, honestly out of all three of those guys, I really like um God, I, I always get their names so mixed up. T. Higgins is their one. No, Jamar Chase is Jamar the one. Jamar Chase is the one. No, he literally wears number one and he is their wide Why receiver. Not? One. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And the wide receiver two. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, because the depth chart I always look at for them has T. Higgins as like their ex receiver, which is probably wrong, I guess. That's why I was asking that. So, yeah, T. Higgins is the one I like the most because he, he gets the most snaps with Jamar Chase. So, I like him out of all three. Yeah. It's just T. Higgins has been like disappointing, you know what I mean, overall in the season because people, including myself, were expecting just uh, a better season overall. Not only from him, but also Tyler Boyd. So I'm a little hesitant. Like T. Higgins or Darnell Mooney? Mooney. T. Higgins or Darnell Mooney, Trey? Uh, this is so bad. I literally feel like it's like 50 50. I'll, I'll do Mooney. Yeah, I would probably lean that way too. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum here with uh, what you guys are saying. Um. I don't think Burroughs, I think you can stream Burrow. I don't think he's a great stream. And I'm out on Higgins and Boyd this week. The Chargers are relatively they're, like they're not they're not great against receivers, but they're yeah they're they're not awful either. They're pretty good, but they're just one of the worst in the league against running backs. And so I see this being a huge Joe Mixon game, and then Jamar Chase eats and no one else does. Yeah, I can see that um, for sure, especially if they give him the ball 28 times. Uh, Vikings taking on the Lions. Uh, Vikings are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 46.54. Is that real? Or is that a typo? It's probably just 46.5, I would imagine. (laughs) Are you immediately plugging Alexander Madison in for Dalvin Cook without question? Without question. Okay, yeah. I was kind of wondering why why you even wrote that question. To be honest, <laughs> hey, I just that, not for I know like how we feel about Alexander Madison. We make sure the people know yeah. how to do this right. Oh yeah, we were talking about this like uh, last week or the week before, like top handcuffs of the league guys who will just st- step in and do the same, if not even better. And uh, honestly, statistically, Madison has been better this year. If you look into it, yeah. So fewer yeah, you, reps, but like, yeah, fewer reps. But if you look at just his starts, like you can yeah. see that. Yeah, well, you also say the same about Tony Pollard. Sure. Fewer reps are way more. I mean, I obviously mean, his is a way smaller um, sample size, but, I mean, I expect him to come in and do great. I mean, after watching that game tonight, is Tony Pollard better than Ezekiel Elliott? 
I mean, I don't know. Zeke's been hurt, but yeah. Tony did have a you know that fifty plus yard run for a touchdown. Zeke's feelings are hurt along with Amari <laughs> Cooper. The Cowboys are in their feelings. Yeah. Now, granted, as we discussed before they came to Pollard's touchdown, might have been more of a product of a safety not knowing how to right tackle. Or... Never done the angle drill in his life. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Very strange thing. I've I've never seen that before. So worried about getting cut back on that he's like willing to give up a touchdown. <laughs> Very strange. Um, re- the receivers you're starting um, no matter what. Um, that is obviously Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, Kirk Cousins. Do we have any sentiment? Yeah, I think you can start Kirk just fine this week. On the time, he's been a top ten quarterback most of the year as it is. Um, in the last few weeks, he's kind of dipped off, but I think he's still a very good stream this week. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kurt, disrespectful. He's like the Keenan Allen of quarterbacks. Nobody talks <laughs> about him, and he's always just right there. Yeah, playing the Lions, too, I, you know, I think it's a definitely a good matchup, and uh, he's startable. Tyler Conklin, throwing back in at uh, tight end? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, I mean, he's kind of a streamer if you're lacking because of, uh, you know, tight ends being out. But, like, if you look at the buys, there's not, like, one, like, really big. There's no, there's not even, not even really big. There's not even, like, a mediocre tight end, like, being missed this week on buys. So, I think you're fine. I'm sure you have better options than Tyler Conklin. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. He He's um he's super touchdown dependent. And I think I've, t- I've said this about him before. You, you got to go with a tight end who's getting more looks than him. It's all red zone looks for him, like as far as like touchdowns go. Like I'm looking at who's available in our league, right? It's a 12 team league. Um, if I didn't want him, you can get Cole Komet, uh, James O'Shaughnessy, who is Dan Arnold 2.0, is what I think is going to happen. <laughs> um, well, he was before the season started, and then he got hurt, and then he, I mean, he was Dan Arnold, Pre- the prototype. <laughs> then he got hurt. The and beta then they version. Got the real Dan Arnold, and now he's been rebuilt to be Dan Arnold 2.0. Yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know, you start like a project <laughs> and you didn't do it right. Someone else comes in and is like, this is how you should do the project. I have something else to do. I'll see you later. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hey, I'll just kind of finish your great foundation. Yeah, so I agree with that. Probably don't start Tyler Conklin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also an issue with him is they do look to the receivers a lot in the red zone. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson get a lot of looks there, so... Uh, on the other side of the ball, I think the same sentiment can be said for Jamal Williams as said for Alexander Madison. That is, if DeAndre Swift isn't playing, I think he's a must start. Like you can probably throw him into your flex, and that's you know um, that's the type of stuff that's going to win you games. I'm pretty sure I remember reading something about um, their coach Campbell saying uh, Swift is going to play. Did I not read something earlier? I was hoping uh, Irby was looking at it while I was saying this. Um, let's see here. Oh, no, it looks like he's expected to be ruled out. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw yeah, earlier. He missed both Wednesday and Thursday, and the initial uh, findings think that he'll be he'll miss multiple weeks. Yeah, and why play him? Like I said, or like we were saying on our last show, it's like it, does, it makes no sense. He's your best player. Don't you know, re-aggravate the injury, you know, rushing him back in. You're haven't won a game. Don't play him. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. Um, the other question mark here, though, and I wanted to ask you guys, because the Vikings are giving up the second most points to receivers, and the Lions did recently acquire Josh Reynolds. 
and it looks like he's pretty much been vaulted up into the wide receiver one um, spot there in Detroit. They don't have anyone else like him. He's a decent receiver, honestly, and five targets, three receptions, 70 yards for a touchdown last week. Do you consider it because it's a really good matchup, you know, flexing Josh Reynolds if you picked him up off the waiver wire this week? Man, that'd be a super far reach, but it's deep for yeah, sure. Man, I like it. It looks good. I mean, so they recently acquired him. Yeah, like two weeks ago, and then like last week was his first real game with the team where he had a full week of practice, and he got in the end zone. They were definitely looking his way. Well, even the week before against Cleveland, if I'm looking at this correctly, he still played ninety percent of the snaps, three targets. So I mean, he came in and already was playing. Yeah, oh yeah, a he tremendous played right amount away. of time. And they gave him a week, and it's like, okay, give you the ball. It looks pretty good, man. I mean, aren't, we've been waiting for someone to emerge in the in the Lions receiving game. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a little flash, but um, he was kind of buried in. Like L.A. behind Cup and Robert Woods, and then behind Julio and A.J. Brown in Tennessee. I see Irby's face, man. The team's got to score. Someone's got to score. Been Someone's got to catch the damn ball. I, oh, Points will be had. I think he's playable is what I'm saying. Uh, I think he's playable in 14 and 16 team leagues. If you're in a, in a 12 team league, uh, no. <laughs> So my, my issue, Jared Goff is T. Still Higgins or Josh Reynolds? T. Higgins. <laughs> the thing that it's not even a question. <laughs> the thing that throws a wrench in the gears, which I can totally understand, is the fact that he had fourteen and a half points last week in a half PPR league, which um, I don't know what the rankings are off the top, but that definitely puts him up in a, in a nice area, De- definitely at least flex worthy. Yeah, I think so too in deep leagues. So I mean, if he does, you know, another double digit showing, that that does make him worthy. I think in like a twelve team league. Oh, for sure, and it's a good matchup this week. That's why I kind of wanted to bring it up. But um, Giants at the Dolphins is the next matchup here. The Dolphins are four-point favorites. The over-under is 40-and-a-half points. Uh, Don't mind me while I add Josh Reynolds to my watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Already picked him up. Sucka Dino Jones is dealing with a neck injury that was originally thought to be severe. He's limited. Uh, He's been limited in practice so far this week. Uh, head coach Joe Judge is non-committal about Jones's prospects of playing this weekend. So, um, if Joe, if not Joe, but Daniel Jones doesn't play, then it's Mike Glennon to play to start. Um, so how are you feeling about these receivers here? Uh, with it likely being well, I guess if if Jones is practicing in limited fashion on Thursday, I mean. Depends on what he does Friday. If he logs a full practice Friday, he's probably going to play. If he doesn't, probably won't play. Um, but what does that mean for the receivers for New York? Like, are you willing to start any of them? We can go through the list here real quick. Tony's <laughs> missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday with the oblique quad injury. Not looking good for him. Probably not going to play. Sterling Shepard missed practice Wednesday, but did practice in a limited fashion on Thursday. Um, and Galladay is healthy. Uh, led the team in targets last week, seven for thirty for fifty yards. I'll just say this right now. Um, I don't think that Dan Jones is going to play. It's a neck injury. He's uh, technically quote unquote the future of their franchise. Maybe not so much in their eyes anymore. But you know, at this point, he's he is. Why would you put him out there with a neck injury? 
It's it's just such yeah, a, and you have, have you seen the neck Mike Glennon has? Well, hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, nice little segue, which brings me to Mike Glennon. Who knows about Mike Glennon? Me, Raiders fan, okay? I've seen the guy, and you know what he is? He's a guy who's extremely accurate and has absolutely no throw power. <laughs> so what do you need with him, right? You need a possession receiver. Who's a possession receiver that's playing Sterling Shepard, who has been really decent this year? <laughs> Oh wow! How'd you? <laughs> that, wow! Just threw the Glennon gif in into our chat there. Yeah, that was pretty wow. Good. That was pretty good. He but, threw he um, threw a Mike Glennon um, picture right into our talk here, and it it got us. But what, what I'm getting at is Mike Glennon is very accurate, but he can't throw the ball deep. So the possession receiver, I think, is who's going to be good. And that Sterling Shepard, the one that's looking healthy, and I can't pull the stats off my head right now, but he's actually been way better than expected this year. He he just yeah um, he was on fire at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and just just in general, like um, statistically as far as like balls caught and like yards over expected things like that. I I saw him on like a crazy chart earlier. He's one of the few guys. It was surprising. I was like, oh, a Giants receiver on this chart, and it was Sterling Shepard. He had 19 targets through the first two weeks. Yeah, he he's definitely very good. And as far as being like a possession receiver, him and him and Mike Glennon, that puts Sterling Shepard definitely um in the flex position for me. Yeah, I I I was really liking Sterling, you know, when he was healthy. He every single time he he played the whole game and was healthy, he had nine targets, ten targets, fourteen targets. Yeah, and he's averaged and he's only been that's the shitty thing. It's been three games that he's been healthy, but in those three games he's averaged fifteen points a game. Yeah. Like when he's there, he's the guy. Yeah, and, and coming back, you know, after missing practice Wednesday and then coming back and practicing Thursday is a really good sign. If he practices in full on Friday, I'd be firing up Sterling Shepard, no doubt about it. Kenny Galladay hasn't really been good all year, and I'm not wanting to start him. Like, I don't care who's throwing the ball. <laughs> he's a deep play guy, and I just told you, Glennon can't throw the deep ball. Yeah. It's no bueno. I'm I'm telling you, just believe me here. He didn't magically find his arm strength late in his career. It's right. not happening. <laughs> um, on the other side of the ball, uh, the Dolphins been they've been using Miles Gaskin a little bit more consistently the last couple few weeks, um, which has increased his fantasy production, which has been nice. Um, so I still think he gets replaced in the off season for da- dynasty purposes, but, um or at least they bring someone else in that's, um, you know, capable. Um, but for right now, Miles Gaskin seems to be a nice low-end RB2 um, asset. You guys agree with that? So you're starting him? Yeah. I mean, the matchup's good, The too. matchup's good. Over the last four weeks, Giants given up 30 points and, per game. And honestly, like, a few weeks, I, I I completely given up on Miles Gaskin a few weeks ago. I um, traded him in our Dynasty League in week eight. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, last week, it's like, they find, like, the coaches finally, like, wise up, like, oh, he's actually our best running back. Maybe we should try to involve him a little bit more, take a little bit more pressure off of Tua, who, yeah. you know, it's like he's a, they can't he can't draw back to pass fifty times a game like it doesn't work right so yeah I think Miles Gaskin is actually a good play this week and I think it's the first time I've said that all year yeah I mean I yeah go ahead <clears throat> oh I just want to say it's a little alarming that Philip Lindsay comes to the team gets twenty percent of snaps and on twenty percent of snaps gets twelve carries I can't remember the last time I saw somebody get that many touches on twenty yeah, percent of snaps so when he was get when he was in he was getting the ball. Pretty much every time he's in, like yeah. they're basically giving the, the the plays for him, right? But um, that's a little concerning. 
But for now, yeah, he's definitely a Gaskins is the guy, but keep an eye on that. Philip Lindsay did miss practice Wednesday and Thursday though, so there's a good there's a strong chance he doesn't play this week. Huh. All right, well that adds to it, right? Gaskins is strong this week, but right. you gotta monitor that shit going forward because it's not looking yep, good. For sure. Uh Mike is sicky. Um he's only averaging five point two points per game over the last five weeks. Um, even though he's averaging six targets per game in that same time span. Um which is second on the team behind Jalen Waddle. So, like, obviously Jalen Waddle's a must-start, but Gesicki, or is he a must-start still for you at tight end? Tight end six on the year. Yeah, and once again, that's like tight end six off of inflated numbers, like good games earlier in the year, you know, 18, 15, 14. Last five weeks, 8.3, 7.4, goose egg, 7.5, 3.2. It all sounds horrible, but um, you have to start him. Because his snap count is extremely high, it's eighty plus percentage, and he he's getting on average, you know, five plus targets a game, and that kind of brings me back to Conklin, right? Uh, Conklin, tight end or touchdown dependent, getting around the same amount of uh, snap counts, but not the same amount of targets at all. Yeah, I would still choose Jasicki over Conklin every time because he's getting more targets. It's more opportunities with the ball in your hand. Would you start Jasicki or Dallas? Go there. I would have to go there. Really? I believe so. But I honestly I haven't really like delved into uh, Philadelphia's. Um, well, let's dive in. I would out. go Gasicki there, but let's dive in. Um, Tyler, would you go Gasicki or go there real quick? Just you set a trap for me? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go there. Um, <laughs> Don't you worry. Yeah, well, I think he might have. <laughs> he said you have to fail on that one, Trey. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd go Gasicki also just because like, Philly's passing offense is. Like they've gone like so heavy the other direction right. in terms of the running game from where they started. Changed. Yep. Um. So I'd go just because of <clears throat> the game script is always going to favor Gasecki between the two teams. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. So yeah, Eagles taking on the Jets. Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Over under is forty five and a half points. Uh. Devonta Smith missed practice Wednesday with a non COVID related illness, but practiced in full on Thursday, so he should be good to go. Um, even though he's had a couple of, of down weeks the last couple of weeks, um, the two weeks before that, he went for 20-plus. Um, do you start him with confidence against the Jets? Yeah, he's the receiver to start for the Eagles. I mean, it's no question at all at this point. Right. And circling back to Godair versus Jasicki, I am going back. Jasicki all the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, off of like a talent, honestly, I would – Damn, honestly, and not I think about it, Gasicki still. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. Fuck you for that. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta throw it uh, out there. Once in a while. You know, I'm not starting. Going back to Devontae Smith, uh, starting him confidently. No, I'm not. Um, in the last few weeks, you know, he had he went. He was great two weeks in a row, then terrible two weeks later. And you're kind of looking if you look over his season, he's a pretty touchdown dependent wide receiver even though he is the wide receiver one on this offense um that's just that's not something i want to have to start right now i think at best he's a flex play did you go um smith or or uh brian edwards smith smith yeah what about (laughs) dj moore what I, we both said, we're both going Devonte Smith over Brian Edwards. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I thought you were like re- correcting me. I was like, his name is Brian. Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just making sure. Oh wait, 
No, never mind. Caroline's on uh, bye. Never mind. Um, well, I just want to throw this wrench in the gears. I mean, I know Philadelphia has like the best rushing offense in the league last couple weeks. So that means eventually that's going allow their passing game to open up. So, I mean, yeah. it's bound to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen. The issue is they've kind of like gone full on rush run offense. Like that's their game plan because that's what they do best. But um, let me, because I want to find one, Devonta Smith or Mike Williams. Again, Devonta Smith. Mm. <laughs> 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 Man, that 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 one gets me. Um, I think Smith because he is the receiver number one there. Um, but God, you could ask me tomorrow. I'd say Mike Williams. <laughs> Yeah, give me Devontae Smith there. Um, but the real question here, I think, is um, in the running game, Miles Sanders, who's basically been terrible um, all year. Only because they don't give him the damn ball. He's averaging um, five yards a carry. He's he's on <laughs> easy there. <laughs> yeah, he's on track to play after missing the fourth quarter last week with an ankle injury. Um, he should have a large workload, though, because Jordan Howard going to miss um, his, his second straight game with that knee injury. But Boston Scott has also missed his second straight practice now with a non-COVID-related illness. He's missed both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, Miles Sanders on the season is RB45, but he's playing the Jets, who are giving up the most fantasy points to fantasy running backs on the year. So how does that make you feel about Miles Sanders? Do you think he's a must-start this week, given the matchup and the fact that Howard and Boston Scott are looking likely to miss. I mean, it has to be looking good for him, right? <laughs> That's like, what we thought like, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> you know? but, well, I mean, with those guys out and the rushing game rolling, I mean, this looks like it's finally. Yeah. It's just, okay, he's only gotten 88 carries on the year. He's averaging 5.2 yards a carry. Like, why are you not giving this kid the ball? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do it this week, though. I think he could have a big week this week. Uh, especially with those guys not healthy, but who knows? Maybe we'll see the resurgence, uh, resurgence of um, Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> now that they have no other options, but yeah, I think Miles Sanders has a good game this week. Um, I was looking at his finishes every week earlier. Has he cracked double-digit fantasy points on the year? He did in week one and hasn't since. So that's crazy. Um, I think he does it this week, hopefully. If he doesn't, don't ever play him again. Um, What about the receiver? What about the Jets side? Are you ugh, are you playing anybody? That was Zach Wilson. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think they. we were all concerned about Elijah Moore being able to keep it up with Zach Wilson last week, and they proved that that just isn't going to be the case. If Zach Wilson playing, then basically everybody else on the offense, um, outside of which was Michael Carter, um, is is irrelevant. And with Michael Carter out, it means the entire team is irrelevant. Robert Salas hooking up with his mom. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's why he's there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand it. I mean, I think you let the rookie sit and learn and just throw Joe Flacco out there for a year and, you know, See what happens, you know. Oh, shit, you still got Mike White, and you got Mike White. Like let let the kid learn a little bit, and 
give him some time. I mean, you know? I mean, Mike White might be quite history, you know, <laughs> for the Jets. That's what I would do, but you know, I get it. He's they've drafted him number two overall. You want to see something out of your high draft pick, but man, he just doesn't look ready. I mean, it worked out all right for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm not trying to just let it say they're the same person, but like Jesus, come on. Yeah. Like you don't have to throw Rogers every sat four years. Yeah, you don't have to throw every per, like rookie in there to start. I know like that's where it's ten trending that's because where we're like, at now, yeah. And and probably because like they're more prepared coming out of college, but they're not all more prepared. prepared. Yeah. Zach, exactly. Zach Wilson came out of, you know, BYU. He was playing much lesser competition right. than someone like Trevor Lawrence was playing at Clemson. Right. No, I agree. Um, but Colts taking on the Texans. The Colts are nine point favorites. The over under is forty five and a half points. Let's start on the Texans side. Should be quick and easy. Brandon Cooks missed practice again on Thursday with a non COVID illness. He will likely need to log a full practice on Friday in order to go. Um, if he doesn't go, Nico Collins, who is a rookie, will be their top pass catcher. Um, David Johnson also missed practice again on Thursday with an illness. Um, apparently the whole locker room has been getting sick in Houston. Um, are you starting anyone? I mean, Brandon Cooks, I guess, if he's going, but still him coming in off an illness, I'm not thrilled about starting him on the Houston Texans. I have Brandon Cooks on one team, and he is my flex receiver, and I am not going to start him because he's injured. He's uh, coming off of like, sick. Well, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Coming off of like an illness, injury, whatever. I'm not about it. If yeah. my flex has anything wrong with him, I'm not trying to use him. Yeah, I'm still okay going with the Cooks against the Colts because like their passing defense is pretty atrocious. Um, but that's if he plays. If he doesn't play, then I yeah, you're not touching anybody. In a deeper league, I think you could actually stream Tyrod Taylor this week because the matchup is good. But I'm saying, I mean. Real dicey if you're in twelve team league, but fourteen or sixteen, I think he's a good play. Um, on the other side, Michael Pittman ten targets last week didn't really lead to a good fantasy day, but they're playing Houston this week, so production should be there, right? Michelle, would you start Michael Pittman or T Higgins? Pittman all day. Wait, who put that in there? Is that a real question? <laughs> Mike Pittman. Mike Pittman or Mike Williams? Pittman. Pittman. Uh, Johnny Taylor's obviously a must-start, um, but Carson Wentz has scored 17-plus fantasy points in 9 out of 12 games. Is he streamable, in your opinion, against Houston? Absolutely. T.Y. Hilton? Finally back, seemed fully healthy for the first time all time last season, and... Just in time for his annual ass whooping of the Houston Texans, you consider him flex worthy, wide receiver three ish. Um, I would say yes because he has the upside of playing the Texans. Um, I think any other week it's pretty dicey throwing him in there. So, uh, probably a low end flex play this week with a high ceiling. Yeah, I'll give you an example. I'm in a league where. My flex options are basically at this point, um, LaVisca Chenault, and it's a there's two flex spots, but um I need one of these guys for one of those flex spots. Kenny Galloway, Kenny Galladay, 
LaVisca Chenault or T.Y. Hilton. And I'm thinking about, I think I'm going T.Y. Hilton. You have to because the other two are not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. The 49ers taking on the Seahawks. The 49ers are three-and-a-half point favorites. The over is 45-and-a-half points. Debo did not practice on Thursday again, looking very unlikely that he won't play with that growing injury. Um, for me, I'm kind of already in the camp that I think Ayuk is back in the good graces, and I think it's been obvious the last couple two weeks. But You guys didn't think that last week. No, I didn't. And I gra- did. Now, I granted, played him last week. Now, granted, <laughs> I still beat you. Debo had a better had a better week. You did. You did. Um, but are you different this week? I think IU is a must start this week. Do you guys? Yeah, I'd agree so. I think if Debo's out, he's an absolute must start. I think if Debo plays, then he's a flex play. Yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty likely that Debo won't play. Uh, but for me, um, yeah, you can still start him if Debo plays. Um, Debo's pretty much becoming their wide receiver one slash RB two. <laughs> so um, that leaves some room for Ayuk on the outside. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, though, um, speaking of, seems to have secured that RB one role um, entirely with basically Debo being – <laughs> you know, the RB2. Um, for me, he's an auto start from basically here on out. And um, when I talked about trading Miles Gaskin in week eight, he was packaged with DeAndre Hopkins to go trade for Elijah Mitchell and Robert Woods. And I made that trade in week eight in a dynasty league, and I'm pretty happy about it so far. Because um, I think he has, I think Mitchell has real staying power. Um, as the RB one there. But I also must admit on that same roster, I, I have Trey Sermon and Jeff Wilson as well. So <laughs> I have basically their whole, you're, you're really hedging your bets. there. Yeah. Um, but Hey, security baby. Um, but yeah, for me, Elijah Mitchell is like a top five back this week. Um, for sure. Um, with Debo out, would you be willing to take a shot on any of the other receivers, Juwan Jennings or Trent Sherfield? For me, it's a no. Isn't it Juan Jennings? Oh, Juan? What did I say? Juwan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> definitely Juan and no. <laughs> yeah, no, no on both accounts. Uh, George Kittle, obviously a must start. On the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson. Yikes, man. Even though he was still fantasy relevant last week, he put up 19 points in um, – all leagues but and that's only because they had a 96 yard touchdown drive at the end of the game yeah exactly so where do you stand here with this offense uh yeah <laughs> i mean for me the backfield is out of the question obviously yeah. like you're not starting collins they just brought in Adrian peterson and um to the practice it's not like to their practice squad up. but obviously that means that they have some serious question marks about their running backs right now. Um, so I'm not starting any of the backfield. I mean, would you be willing to start Russell Wilson for me right now? It's just no, like until I see something until I know that he's fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's not a good matchup either. The Niners defense has been good uh, and better as of late. Um, yep. 
you probably honestly when it comes to like DK and Tyler Lockett, you probably don't have better options. You're probably putting them both anyways. Even though Lockett has actually put up decent weeks in the last few games, um, with Russ being back, DK's been non-existent. Right. Um. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, just a real quick story about about DK. Did you guys hear that? This is rumor around the reason that he's been non-existent in the offense is because uh, the week before Russ came back, uh, he got exposed for trying to have a f- have a foursome with some like OnlyFans chick. Nice. Um, and she put him on blast about it. <laughs> I, he definitely did try to do that. And um, if that's the reason him and Russell are having problems, then Russell's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Russell is very is very strong with the Lord. Um, you know, he, that, that's his, that's his thing. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he's like, I'm a married man. You can't be going around having foursomes in my neighborhood. You can't be strong with the Lord and spend your whole day on Sundays throwing the pigskin. Yeah. Well, choose one. <laughs> choose one. <laughs> uh, so like DK or Mike Williams, I just keep going back to it. Back to the well, baby. DK. It's Mike Williams for me. I'm gonna go DK only because. Are you kidding you, me? The foursome having, OnlyFans <laughs> loving. <laughs> but only because it's just a hunch. If you look back at DK's three-year career, he destroys the Niners in every game. Oh, he nice. averages he averages like 14 points a game against the Niners. So, uh, I'm going to go with DK. Uh, Lockett. Most of his production came off two big plays, but I think I'm more confident, honestly. And starting Lockett almost, but because I think like Russ is in 100% healthy, he's struggling in getting the ball down the field, and Lockett has a better chance of taking a, a mid to short range pass and making a big play out of it, in my opinion. But I feel like that's like super hit or miss, honestly, yeah. as far as either him that's or DK deep, catching take. that and like taking it, right? With that said, honestly, for whatever reason, I also feel like Lockett is definitely a way stronger play. He's the more consistent player. I mean, DK is like that guy. He can like we've seen it in more than one game where like he'll get he'll catch one pass, take it to the house for you know sixty or seventy yards, and then not get looked at again the rest of the game. Yeah, it's um, strange. It's yeah, it, it, it's weird. And then you saw it last week. You know, we're going into the fourth quarter or mid third quarter, and DK doesn't have a target yet. And then you can start to see like Rush almost trying to force feed him the ball to like get him involved. And and that's never good either. They need to find yep. more natural ways to get him involved in the offense. Tyler Lockett or T. Higgins? Lockett. Lockett. Lock it up. Uh, Gerald Everett, is he stream-worthy? He had nine targets last week. Five receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Nine targets is quite a bit for a tight end. Yeah, that makes you stream-worthy, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Russ has been targeting him a bunch since he came back, probably because he can't get the ball down the field, so he's doing a lot of dump-offs to Gerald Everett. So he's had eight, four, nine targets in the three games that Russ has been back. Um, so, yeah, I think the target share is there to to be a streamable option for sure. Uh, Washington football team taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites, over-unders 49-and-a-half. Uh, let's start on the Washington side. Antonio Gibson, who was my start of the week last week, uh, had 29. Yeah, baby. I'm going to take my lap now. Uh, 29 attempts on the ground, 111 yards, seven targets to the air, and seven receptions for 35 yards. Uh, 20.1 fantasy points in half PPR. 
honestly, it was just it was nice to see him get a large amount of touches again on the ground. Um, you know, he's he's looking healthier than he's been all year, which I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, but it, I think it's true. Um, and it was also really nice to see him get seven targets through the air. Like that never happens with Antonio Gibson. Some of that was due to the fact that it seemed like Taylor Heineke was willing to finally take the checkdowns. Um, there's been games I've been watching all season where Antonio Gibson will be wide open on the check down and he could just dump it to him. He'll get 10, 15, who knows, maybe break it even further, but he's at least getting 10 yards and he'll just throw it up to whoever's downfield, um, Terry McLaurin, whoever. Um, but now I think the coaches finally got to him and said, go to your fucking check down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like every once in a while you can do that. That's fine. Um, and I think that's leading to more targets for Antonio Gibson. So anyways, Love to see it. Um, he's fifth in the league in red zone rushing attempts. So for me, he continues to be a solid low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Uh, this week, though, he is a full-blown RB1. J.D. McKissick yeah. is not expected to play with a concussion. Oh. He's missed the last two practices. Unless he you know, can get through protocol in the next two days, it's highly unlikely that he plays. So, Wow. That's huge, yeah, because then he's – possibly looking at like 10 targets through the air you know a huge game if Jarrett Patterson isn't um involved um so yeah must start Terry McLaurin you know it's been kind of weird and kind of up and down for him and um he struggled last week and I think some of that was due to the fact that uh Taylor Heineke was not willing to force the ball downfield as much um but I still think he's just a must start because he has the insanely high ceiling and could have a huge game any week. Well, he's also by far the, you know, target leader on this offense too. So like right. the, the workload's going to be there just cuz, you know, the yardage has been there the last few weeks as we might have expected beforehand. Don't don't worry about it. like he's he'll he'll eventually find the end zone again and have a bit another big game. So Yeah, for sure. And basically the um the second guy, you know, their second receiver right now is Logan Thomas. Like, he's their second weapon through the air. Six targets last week and had a really, really close touchdown called back. Um, but he's the number two receiving option in the offense. And Raiders are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. He's an absolute must start for me at tight end this week. Uh, but going to the Raiders side, Derek Carr. Looking like a good play this week, right? Looking like a good play every week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Derek Carr at this point is just becoming one of those guys that you should be playing week in and week out. Um, He doesn't score a ton of touchdowns. It's the only thing really holding him back, but the yardage is there. Um, They're throwing the ball like crazy because their running game has been awful, as it has been most of the year. They're just finally starting to realize it and not, you know, trying to just bulldoze Josh Jacobs into the back of their guard. You know, play after play. <laughs> yeah. Maybe keep him healthy for a little bit. Um, yeah, and Washington football team, if I'm not mistaken, is giving up the most fantasy yep, the most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. So for me, yeah, like Derek Carr is an absolute must start. Trey, you already talked about you're starting him over Kyler Murray, right? No matter what if Kyler's active, you're still starting Derek Carr. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just more consistent. I'm waiting for Kyler Murray to get healthy. 
Cool. And Josh Jacobs, 22 attempts on the ground last week, 87 yards and a touchdown. And then he also had four targets, two receptions, 25 yards. Um, it was his biggest fantasy day um, since week one. Um, but, again, he was added to the injury report today with an ankle injury. Uh, typically not a good sign um, when someone is being added to the injury report so late in the week. Um, so that's that's some serious news to keep an eye on because if, if he's out, Drake would be in for a featured workload. Would he not? Or would he? Um, I, I don't think he would be. I would avoid this backfield. Jalen Richard has been there for quite a while now, and he's also healthy. It just um, it doesn't look good for that backfield right now for fantasy. So if Josh Jacobs is out, you're not starting anyone. If Josh Jacobs is in, you're starting Josh Jacobs. Am I getting that right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Darren Waller also doubtful with a knee injury. Did not practice on Thursday. It's definitely looking like he's not going to play which would mean Foster Moreau is in line to start at tight end. Um, like we discussed on our waiver wire show last week, um, he was a pretty solid pickup uh, for that reason alone. In week seven, when the team knew they would be without Waller um, and Foster got a full practice in with the ones, he played 100% of the snaps and went six for six for 60 yards and a touchdown. So we expecting a, a, a decent week from like a top 12 tight end week from Foster if Waller is out. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. For sure. Put your money on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think the other, you know, bright spot for this offense to that we have to talk about at this point, um, we, we, we have been talking about him, but Hunter Renfro uh, led the team in receiving last week, nine targets, eight receptions, 134 yards. I mean <laughs> – He's really becoming like one of the most reliable floors um in in the league. Like if you just need a solid little flex option that that'll get you a guaranteed like 10 to 14 points, Hunter Renfro seems to be that guy at this point. He's become Julian Edelman. Yeah. Like like he he's like he's just that become that guy where you're guaranteed he's going to get catch a bunch of short little routes. Not get you a ton of yards. Um, you know he can get you anywhere. So for between, last week, yeah, last yeah last <laughs> week he can go. They can go, but like most weeks you're gonna right. look somewhere between like you know fifty to eighty yards. But he's gonna get like eight or nine catches, and like that's huge. And possibly a touchdown. And possibly yeah, possibly a touchdown. Yeah, most of his uh, stats did come after Waller went down, which is kind of interesting. But as we know, last time Waller went down, Foster Moreau had still had a good game. So I don't know if that was just like a mid-game thing or. I could definitely they, see that. I I think. You know, naturally they would lean more on Renfro, who's third in Renfro, right? He's like Mister Consistent. Like they're confident in going to Renfro, so I could see I could see them leaning on him more with Waller out. You know, Foster will still be involved, obviously, but I could definitely see them leaning on Renfro a little bit more. Yeah, I think Renfro is a solid flex. Like from here on out, obviously Brian Edwards can't separate apparently. Um you know, Deshaun Jackson, I guess we have to bring up. Um, he, he's, you know, filling in that deep shot role, but still it's a boomer bust for me. I don't like starting Deshaun Jackson, especially this late in the season where people need to win. It's like, unless you want a, a boom or bust option, 
you know, someone that could go off for 20 plus any given week, but it's hard to predict. Honestly, I hardly like rostering Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I don't playing have him. him. I mean, yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, you're in in pretty deep water if like you're relying on Deshaun Jackson to win you a game. For sure. Uh, Jaguars taking on the Rams. The Rams are 13 point favorites. Over under 48 points. Uh, we talked about him, James O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of. Let's say Sean Hennessy. I was thinking of the Keen Peel skit where he's just like, oh, Shaq, Hennessy's office oh, or yeah. whatever. Um, hey, hey, Ron. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it seems like he's kind of taken over Dan Arnold, right? With Dan Arnold obviously being out now with injury. Um, are you confident enough in putting O'Shaughnessy into a, your tight end spot? He's my backup tight end start of the week if Foster Moreau doesn't play because of Darren Waller. Um, I like the nickname Jimmy O'Snagacy. Whoever put that in, that's uh, I like that a lot. Uh, but I'm not confident. I mean, he played one. Yeah, you know, he's only played one game. Um, for Dan Arnold, he saw five targets, not the typical seven to eight that Dan Arnold was seeing. Well, if you go back to Week One though, before you know they were Week One, they eight targets, six receptions, forty eight yards. Um. A long time ago, dude. I know, but the <laughs> thing is, is like that was before they even thought about bringing in another tight end. So I think they were confident in him going into the season. Um, so I'm I'm a little confident. Yeah, I think he could be could be a player. Um, I'd be willing to stream O'Shaughnessy if you if you're struggling to find a tight end right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You sure you want to like play this pudgy face dimple? Oh, say that to his face, my guy. Come on now. That's a tight end, buddy. <laughs> um, LaVisca, you know, I get it. Agnew is, is gone, but I just I can't start him. Um, and that's it, right? I mean, James Robinson, you're playing. Um, on the other side, the Rams – um, Daryl Henderson, I believe is still, yeah, he did not pray. still not practicing. Um, it's looking like Sony Michelle is more than likely going to get the start. Are you confident in plugging in Sony Michelle? If, if Daryl Henderson does not play? Yeah. If Henderson doesn't play, then yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah. Me too. Especially with, um, Stafford also, you know, ailing, uh, with back shoulder and, and elbow injuries, I think they'll rely on the run game a lot this week. Yeah, me too. I think if, if yeah, Daryl Henderson doesn't play, get him into your lineup if you were able to pick him up. Um, the receivers, Cup, you're starting. OBJ, do you go there? And Van Jefferson. Well, OBJ might not play himself, so you have to worry about that. Uh, Van Jefferson, I mean, I'm thinking they're going to rely a lot on the run game in this matchup uh, with the injuries you know, piling up there. So Van Jefferson, I think, is a tough play, except in deeper leagues. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would be willing to flex Van Jefferson, especially if OBJ is not playing. Um, that would make me like OBJ doesn't play Van Jefferson or T Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, T Higgins. 
Man, I think I think both teams are gonna run the ball like a shit ton this week. So that's tough. Um, they both have big play potential. Joe Burrow's healthy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Matthew Stafford isn't. Matthew Stafford <laughs> is old. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Diggins. I would go Van Jefferson. Honestly, I think there's less um, less uh, competition for targets, and I would go Van Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, the the Rams are gonna get ahead early in this game. Game script totally does not favor Van Jefferson. That Bengals game though is gonna be true. a shootout. Yeah, yeah. Like to put it, you know, an example. I do have Van Jefferson in our 14 team double flex dynasty league, and I'm starting. I'm flexing him there, um, but in our 12 team. A half PPR uh, league. I'm not. Yeah, he's on the bench. So with one flex, yeah. Yeah, with one flex, yeah. Uh, Ravens taking on the Steelers. Baltimore's four and a half point favorites over under forty four points. Um, the Muth is in concussion protocol, but uh, practiced fully today on Thursday, so should be good to go. Um, are you cool starting the Muth at tight end? He's a must start. Like yeah. weekend at this point he's like he's such a big part of the offense. He's a must start week in, week out. Yep. I agree. Uh Claypool eight plus targets and eighty plus yards in the last two weeks. Even though the offense looked terrible last week. Would you be willing to start Claypool? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me I think it, it stays the same on the Steelers. You start Najee, you start Deontay Johnson. And you start Pat Fryermuth. And that's where that list ends. <laughs> um, but, you know, Baltimore is giving it the most passing yards in the league right now. Um, so there's some opportunity there. Uh, but I wouldn't start Ben, no, to answer your question, <laughs> Trey, on the dock. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh's been getting ran all over, uh, giving up four point yards per carry this season. Um, does that give you a little bit more confidence in throwing Freeman in this week um, on the Ravens? It does, and I would start him because he's the lead back in one of the best rushing offenses in the league. Yeah, I would say he's a low-end RB2. Yeah, same same for me. I mean, it's a, it's a good matchup. Um, so I think you can start him if you have to, uh, but it is I'm not you know thrilled about it. <laughs> um, the receivers though, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. For Bateman, it's been a little disappointing. <laughs> Honestly, I was hoping for a little, um, you know, a couple more a splash game maybe, but um, haven't really gotten it. So. I'm struggling to start him. Um, you know, I th- I still think Marquise Hollywood Brown is their first look. Um, so I think you start Brown. I think you start um, Andrews, and that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he also played um, season low in snaps at 44% in the games he's played. Now, granted, that probably has something to do with the game script because they destroyed Cleveland. Um but it's still it's it's it is disappointing because <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. we, we were we were all like so big on 
on Bateman like all year. We're like this is the guy, and he came in like came out came in you know hot, you know, getting a bunch of targets. And we're like, this is what's gonna be. And then it's just the production hasn't followed. Right, that really sucks. He's still getting some targets, but and the skill set is there. But for fantasy purposes, you gotta see a little bit more before you can plug him in. There's so many good like memes and stuff in the future when he starts snapping. Bateman so close to Batman. You know, send out, send out the bait <laughs> signal. You know, like yeah. he, it's oh. his time. Yeah. You know, like Bateman just doesn't uh, kill people; he just hurts them. You know, just, I don't know. <laughs> no, save these for Twitter, dude. Don't be giving these out to the uh, people. Uh, huh? He's too, he, he's rich. He's not special. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Yeah, so that's that's probably where you go with the Ravens. He delivers justice and touchdowns. <laughs> right. He's still a rookie. Like he's definitely going to have a role for a prominent role going forward. Uh, but he's still a rookie. Uh, Broncos at the Chiefs on Sunday night football um, because your precious Seahawks got flexed out, Tyler. Um, yeah. yeah we're, <laughs> we're the first ones of the year to do that. At least we accomplished something. There you go. Raiders got flexed twice last year. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, Chiefs are 9.5-point favorites over unders 47 points. Um, Kansas City's defense last week shut down Dak which was um, pretty surprising for everyone. Um, Dak did just get shut down again today, more or less. And, Trey, you're going to have to read. What is this? You're going to have to read that. Okay, so Theodore Watercrossing <laughs> has not thrown for multiple touchdowns since week seven. <laughs> Theodore Watercrossing, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Hi, dude. Oh, okay. Theodore Watercrossing. <laughs> what happened to Teddy Two Gloves? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater for the simple man. The, <laughs> in layman terms. Layman terms. <laughs> it's Teddy Bridgewater. Theodore Watercrossing if you want to get, like, you know, a renaissance with it. Oh, man. If you want to become a, a rich white guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so for on the Broncos side, that is, um, <laughs> are you given that Theodore Watercrossing hasn't thrown more m- multiple t- TDs since Week Seven? Are you hesitant about starting any of the Broncos receivers? Yes, because um, they they honestly they remind me a lot of the Raiders passing offense, um, as far as like spreading the ball around way way too much. Uh, so last week, none of the Denver receivers had more than three catches, and nine receivers were targeted overall. Um, that includes like tight ends and running backs. So just like ball catchers, I guess, were targeted overall, nine of them. So it's just they spread the ball around way too much. It's too inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. Um, for the running backs, head coach Vic Bangio said Gordon is 50-50 to play. Um so for all the Javante Williams truthers, which uh, I think we probably fall in line there, um, Javante is looking like he could have a really big game if you know Melvin Gordon's unable to go. Um, if he is able to go, are you still starting Javante? You're starting Javante no matter, no matter what. what. Right. Yep. The thing is, like. Gordon has Melvin Gordon has like a had an injury designation on every single game this year, pretty much. Uh, pretty much been like questionable all year, but this is like the first week where he's actually um, 
I don't know how to say it, injured more than usual. And right. so he's like actually doubtful to play, not questionable. Hmm. So, I mean, th- this is like the week for Javante. This is the week we've all been waiting for. If you're a Javante fan, like manager, it just, this is literally what you've been waiting for, especially making this playoff push. This is like finally some fucking brightness in this gray, dark <laughs> fantasy <laughs> year. Yeah. Yeah. It is exciting for sure. Uh, but I think if Melvin Gordon, like he's in a contract year. So I think for him personally, like if he feels like he can go at all, he's going to go just because he wants to get as many stats as he can um, to hopefully get him another nice contract. So um, you could also argue otherwise though, like not pushing an injury and keeping yourself healthy to get a bigger contract as a healthy person versus a hobbled person. Right. So it kind of goes both ways. Definitely. Um, But either way, good news for Javante Williams. Um, But Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the other side looked pretty good in his first game back from injury. Um, Had 14.6 fantasy points in half PPR. Um, Daryl Williams, though, still played more snaps, 52%, compared to Clyde's 47%. Um, Are you confident starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week? With his history and his in the league, it makes me like question it, but I would start him. Yeah, I wouldn't, honestly, because of the history. We haven't seen him be able to do anything to like put back to back games together like at all. I mean even when they and even when he has like a couple of decent games, like they're not huge by any means. Um I'm actually surprised how quickly they went away from Daryl Williams. I thought for sure Daryl Williams would um, still get his touches um, with Clyde back. Even though I know he played more snaps, he only had five uh, carries versus Clyde's 12, and that surprised me. I thought it would be much more of a, of a 50-50 thing. Yeah, for me, I I like Clyde this week. Um, I think you can start him. I think it's likely that Chiefs are up by a decent amount, um, so there's some time there for – Running out the clock. Um, so I like Clyde this week. Like, would you start Clyde Edwards Alaire or Miles Sanders? Sanders playing the Jets. Wow. I honestly I like them both. I'll take Sanders. I'll take Sanders though. Uh Sanders. I think I go Clyde. Because I have no confidence in Miles Sanders. Um and I gotta Five stick point with that. two yards per carry. <laughs> in the most productive rushing offense in the league, it kind of like it. If it doesn't yeah. add up, then like, and the what two, are stats even for? And the, and the two and three running backs are both likely to miss the game. Honestly, if this doesn't happen, I mean, like stats and, can just go die. Yeah. So his, um, yeah, and he'll he'll his eight rushes will be super sick, probably. <laughs> um. I could just see that happening. Like they both sit out and Kenneth Gainwell has like 12 attempts on the ground. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Patriots at the Bills, Monday Night Football. The Bills are uh, two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43 and a half points. Um, so let's see. It's the second lowest over-under of the week. So not a lot of points expected to be scored here. And two really, really good defenses at this point in the season as well. Um so Las Vegas thinks it's gonna be a low scoring game. Um does that uh you know push you away from any like obviously probably not the Bills playmakers but the Patriots are you 
sitting, you know, like what are you doing with the Patriots offense? Are you starting them? I'm doing absolutely nothing with the Patriots offense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So no – what about the running backs? Eh. Nobody. Nobody. I'm avoiding this entire game fantasy-wise besides Josh Allen, uh, maybe Dawson Knox, and that's about it. Well, Stephon Diggs. Well, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I I always just leave out obvious names. Sorry. Oh, I just had to say because people out there be like, he doesn't want to start seven on digs, but um, yeah, I think I'm I'm the same. You know, like Kendrick Bourne has been, you know, rising up um, with some big games, but still definitely a boomer bust option. Yeah, for me, you know, Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, I just think there's better options this week against the Bills in a low, what's going to be most likely a low scoring game. And then on the Bills side, we're not touching the running backs, right? Still a mess there. Yeah, not a chance. Um, I mean, like like Trey said, like it's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and maybe Dawson Knox. Um, I mean the matchup isn't great, but I you probably don't have a whole lot of better options to go with than Dawson. I can't remember the last time I felt positive about the Bills backfield. Honestly, it's like if I think about it a little bit more, it might be like my most hated backfield in fantasy for the last three years. I literally have not touched or even thought about starting any of those guys in like three <laughs> years. I'm being dead serious. Yeah, and you really can't. I mean, everyone's kind of been waiting on Zach Moss, but apparently it's just not going to happen because um, now they're going towards Brita and it's like Singletary, Brita, and then Zach Moss if he's active. <laughs> yeah, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch for the second time this year last week. So, right. I mean, just ill. Yep. <laughs> Avoid it if you can. Um, let's get into the starts of the week yeah. and close this thing out. Um, we'll start at the quarterback position. Either one of you want to kick it off? I'll kick it off with Joe Burrow that Irby didn't like. Ooh, oh, yeah, I know. I don't honestly don't even really blame you. This is like mostly feeling. I'll be pretty honest here. So I like Joe Burrow against the Chargers. He hasn't thrown for multiple touchdowns in a couple weeks. Um, things have not really looked that good for him. But last week is kind of a fluke because they took a really early lead and the Russian game's been looking really good for him. And you don't like him because the Russian game's looking so good. But they're playing the Chargers, and I really think this game's going to be kind of like a shootout, and both teams are going to be competing to um, just keep up with each other. So I think that leads to Joe Burrow getting at least two touchdowns. So he's definitely the start of the week for me. Yeah, I like it. All right. All right, that's fair. I, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, again, I think... I'm I'm leaning on this being a joke, another big joke. I, I left game. out. It's the second highest over under of the week in Vegas and the NFL tend to not be very far off from each other. It means Joe Mixon getting four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> um, I'm actually gonna steal your guy there, Trying to go with Derek Carr. Um, this one was pretty easy, honestly. Derek Carr is leading the league in passing. Washington's giving the most points to quarterbacks. Uh, Washington also doesn't know how to intercept the, the football. Uh, they only have six picks on the year. It's the third worst in the league. Um, this should be an easy top five game for Derek Carr. He's going to go off. Yeah, for sure. I, I like Derek Carr this week too. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Herbert, uh, other side of the ball there against the Bengals. Uh, Herbert's the QB three overall uh, on the season so far through 12 weeks. Um, did you also know that he's fourth in red zone rushing attempts? Tied with Lamar Jackson. 
That's a nice stat. I like stats like that. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me too when I found that. And uh, shout out Fantasy Pros. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I was pretty surprised. But yeah, Justin Herbert for me uh, is a must start this week. Absolutely, Bengals are ninth in the league in fantasy points given up to the quarterback position. So I love me some Herbert this week. Uh, Trey, who's your running back? I got Antonio Gibson versus the Raiders. Uh, my Raiders are giving up like the fourth most fantasy points in the league to running backs right now. And as Irby said earlier in the podcast, J.D. McKissick's out with a concussion. He's got a little brain problem going on. He's not going to be back. <laughs> so Antonio Gibson, I mean, it's just it, it's bound to happen. The Raiders are giving up 4.3 yards per carry and over 100 yards per game to receive or to running backs. So it's just bound to happen. I love it. Um, I'm going with uh, Alexander Madison. As said earlier, am I plugging him him in without question for Dalvin Cook? Absolutely. He's started two games earlier this year, went over 20 points in both of those games, and he actually only scored one touchdown in those two games. It means that he's scoring points without scoring touchdowns, which just means that he's an automatic stud play this week. And not to mention, he's also getting the targets when Dalvin Cook is out. He had 15 targets and 100 yards combined of those two starts. This is an easy, easy play. Alexander Madison is going to be probably a top three back this week. Yep, for sure. And for me, I'm going Elijah Mitchell at running back. Uh, since week seven, Mitchell's the RB5. Uh, 27 attempts in week 10. He missed week, missed week 11 with the injury, then had another 27 attempts in week 12. He's clearly the solidified RB1 in this offense, uh, which brings a lot of fantasy upside and a high ceiling on that offense. Um, uh, you know, no one really behind him and impressed enough in his absence to really take any of his workload. Um, and I think they could be playing with a lead for most of this game against Seattle. Um, and so he should see another large number of touches. Um, and Seattle's giving up the second most fantasy points to the running back position. So, for me, Mitchell's an absolute must-start this week. My receiver start of the week, for Stinky's receiver of the week, I guess you would say, be Michael Pittman versus uh, the Texans this week. Uh, he's had a couple of bad games, uh, hasn't found the end zone recently, but Wentz has been throwing touchdowns just not to Pittman. I think they finally connect against the Texans because they give up the most yards to outside receivers in the league, and it just, uh, it's just adding up. It looks good. How mad are you going to be when T.Y. Houston has um, like 25 points? You just call him T.Y. Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be mad because I'm always mad. <laughs> be even more mad. That's that's his trick. <laughs> that's his I'm trick. always angry. <laughs> um, honestly, I like the pick. Michael Bennett, I wanted to make him my, my start of the week, and for, I just couldn't do it, but I do like the pick. For some reason, I just like I kept getting deeper into it. I was like, I just don't can't do it. So everything points Waddle. against it for sure. It's just weird. Like, but I do like like on initial like gut feeling like Michael Pittman's going off this week, um, and so, he will. So, <laughs> so maybe I should have gone with it, but you know, maybe you know in the long run we'll both be right and we'll be on the same side of one of these arguments. That's finally, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going with Jalen Waddle. Um, honestly, this one is pretty easy for me. Just Jalen Waddle has been an absolute target machine. His and Tua's connection just continues to grow from their time from Alabama. And with Waddle still being a rookie, he's still learning the game of the NFL, and he's just getting better week in and week out. The Giants have been pretty porous on the receiving or on the backside of their defense, so 
Waddle should have a very big game. Uh, yeah, Waddle's been on fire. I'm going Keenan Allen. Um, yes, I'm going with the start of the week stack here. Um, but as we discussed earlier, Keenan Allen's been quietly really super consistent. Uh, his targets the last five weeks, 11, 13, 11, 13, and then 10. He's the wide receiver 15 and half PPR. He's tied for seventh in the league in red zone targets. Um, I think Keenan Allen finds the end zone this week and has a big week. Right on. Well, my tight end start of the week is going to be Foster Moreau versus the Washington football team. Last time he replaced Darren Waller when he was out, he had six targets, six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown like we were talking about earlier. Waller didn't practice again today, so it's looking like Foster Moreau is probably going to play. But if he doesn't play, I do like Jimmy O'Snagacy, a.k.a. Um, James O'Shaughnessy, <laughs> tight end for the Jaguars. Some solid nicknames you came up with this week. <laughs> I don't know if sure you can ever get Theodore over Theodore Water Crossing. Theodore Water Crossing is just, it's another level, man. It really is. That's that's some highbrow yeah. pun, funniness right there. That, that shit just came to me. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like sunshine on a Monday morning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, we talked about it earlier. It, you know, I know he has the pass concussion protocol, and I expect him to, and when he does, he's going to go off. He's had five touchdowns last five games. Like that, that that's not just being that's not touchdown dependent. That's like touchdown guaranteed, you know. At this point, like Pat Frymuth is just going off in the, in the red zone, and just so people who aren't out there like, oh, well, clearly he's only the tight end number three in the last five weeks because he's scoring touchdowns. You're wrong. He's also getting seven targets a game. That means the the workload's there to back up the production. I mean, Pat Frymuth is gonna continue to be a huge part of this offense and continue to be a top five tight end the rest of the year. Yep, I agree. You know, I liked him coming into the season. I'm glad that they've got fully gone to Pat Fryermuth. And, yeah, he's an automatic red zone target. And I think this guy as well is an automatic red zone target. Tight end Logan Thomas is going to be my tight end start of the week. Raiders are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to the tight end. He's the second receiving option on the team like we talked about. And, you know, he's six foot six, 250 pounds. Um, he's got a really good chance of getting a majority of the red zone targets for the team. Um, and it's a really good matchup. So, yeah, Logan Thomas is my start of the week. Stink, you got some defenses? I do got some defenses, but just to make you feel better about that Logan Thomas pick, um, the Raiders have Denzel Perryman at linebacker, who ends up being lined up against tight ends most often. Unfortunately for them, he's a very good run uh, defense middle linebacker for him, but he's not good against the pass. Tight ends expose the shit out of him. But the thing is, he's so damn good against the run, they cannot take him off the field. And that's why they get exposed by tight ends. Mm. And Logan Thomas will have a good game because Denzel Perryman is invaluable against the run. So they have to keep him in. And Logan Thomas will have a good game for sure. Nice. And so um, as far as my defenses of the week, I got the Cardinals against the Bears. Uh, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields for the Bears, doesn't matter. The Cardinals are uh, creating pass rush like a mofo. I don't care who's in the backfield for the Bears. They're going to destroy him. Um, I like the Vikings against the Lions. Last time the Vikings played the Lions was in week five, and the Lions, uh, the Vikings held the Lions to 17 points and got 10 fantasy points. I think that'll happen again. I like the Dolphins against the Giants because Mike Glennon might start, and we already talked about that, and the Dolphins are on fire. I like the Colts against the Texans because the Texans just get um, they just give up points to defenses. It's easy, <laughs> they're easy just enough. The, they're just the Texans. Yeah, exactly. Just like, just like the Texans, um, I like the Eagles against the Jets just because um, – there's no explanation. You just 
can and you will and you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like those picks. Some of those defenses are definitely still available too, so uh, go out and snag them. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for our matchup episode. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, we will see you guys next week for a Week 14 waiver wire episode. Um, so yeah, good luck this weekend in your matchups, and let's go make the playoffs, baby. R.I.P. to Dan Arnold and Tyrell Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.